Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about holiday spending. Joining me today is Mackenzie Walsh. She is a certified personal financial coach, works for Fair Credit Foundation. Welcome to the show, Mackenzie. Thank you. I was hoping we could talk about the cost of everything. In the last couple of months, inflation has just gone nuts. And not just gifts that I want to get for the holidays, but I would go to the grocery store and my groceries almost doubled in a two-week period. And I bought the same things. The exact totally. Same things. How is that affecting what we want to buy for our friends and family? Well, I would say ultimately a big thing that we often forget as consumers it is that the holiday season encompasses a lot more than just gift giving, right? I mean, you've got your gift giving to your family members, but then you have the gift giving you want to give to your neighbors, to your coworkers. When you go to the grocery store, you're thinking about not only the turkey at Thanksgiving, but the ham at Christmas time and the Martinelli's that will go along with it and apple pie or the pumpkin pie. And there is a lot to the expense of the holiday season. And I think this year we need to be prepared to maybe cut back in certain aspects that we haven't had to in the, in the years prior, just due to, as you mentioned, inflation, or just due to the fact that it may not be there this year because there is some shortages as well. Yeah. So if we have to cut back, does that mean I cut out some family? Like I never really liked uncle John anyway, so I'm just not going <laughs> to include him in the dinner or get him a gift <laughs> or what? <laughs> no, I, I'm glad that you brought up this point. So I think there's a couple of ways that one can cut back and that it could look different for every individual. So it's not necessarily for getting somebody on the list. Um, it may be that, hey, instead of some fancy Christmas Eve dinner and Christmas Day dinner, we're just going to do Christmas Day. Or we are going to, instead of giving gifts to our neighbors, we're going to make popcorn balls as a family or something that that is less expensive than the way that we have prior to in years past. Um, but it can look different for everybody. It doesn't have to net to be that you're forgetting uncle Bob or that you're not really taking care of everyone. It can just be individualized. How is that going to look for your household? How can you cut back comfortably, but still enjoy the holiday season? That could hurt some people that live 
for the big celebrations. I mean, I have friends that all year round, and we'll be shopping together. It's February, and they're like, that's the perfect thing for my Christmas Day dinner table. And I'm like, good Lord, that just was two months ago. And they're like, no, no, the next Christmas. So I would think that would like almost stab somebody in the heart if they had to cut back on the stuff that they feel is what the holiday season is about. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, again, I would hate to see that anyone is having to do something that will make them not feel the joy that the holiday season can bring. So I think that's why in really narrowing down, okay, what does it look for me like individually? And maybe it isn't that you're going to cut costs at Christmas time, but maybe it's going to be, you're going to do Thanksgiving a little bit differently, or maybe New Year's. Um, And it might be that you ask for help. And when I mean ask for help, it might be usually you may take, you might take on Christmas dinner all by yourself, but instead this year, you're going to say, Hey, do you mind bringing the stuffing or Hey, do you mind, you know, everyone wants to be able to, to take part and be able to feel like they're helping out. And I think sometimes we try to do too much on our own when we really could outsource some of the things that we are doing. Also, sort of brings us back to if I am that person that likes the big shindigs and gift giving for everybody that I've ever met in my entire life, I may have to start planning a lot earlier than other people, and especially now with inflation, to pay for the food, to pay for all the gifts. How do you help people have enough money to pay for all of this. So thinking ahead is always a really good idea. You know, as you gave your example as a, of a friend thinking about Christmas in February, that's actually not the worst idea. In fact, it would be great if you um, think about the costs that are coming upcoming in the year, whether that is at the holiday season or it's a birthday party or it's the summer vacations, it's important to be thinking what expenses you have in the future and be saving for those. So let's say on average, somebody spends about a thousand dollars on a Christmas time. Really what would be best is to take that a thousand dollars and to divide it over a course of time, whether that be 12 months, whether that be 10 months, so that you're setting aside a certain amount per month so that you're fully prepared. Or if you're like me and you do think ahead, sometimes you see something on sale and you're like, wow, I am going to put this away and give it to my daughter for Christmas. Make sure you have a designated place that you're storing those so that you're not forgetting about it and realizing that that all went to waste anyway, because you bought it ahead of time, but then you forgot and you ended up still spending things that you already had purchased ahead of time. Okay. We do need to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about not just saving up ahead of time, but how do we actually pay for these things and maybe try to stay out of debt. So we'll be right back with Mackenzie Walsh. She works for Fair Credit Foundation. She's a certified personal financial coach. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Making Sense, the show that 
it affects your life financially in any way, we're talking about it. Today, we're talking about holiday spending, how to save up for the holidays and we're about to talk about maybe how not to go in debt for them. Joining me today is Mackenzie Walsh. She is a certified personal finance coach, works for Fair Credit Foundation, and we also have joining us Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA. So Mackenzie, as we wrapped up that last segment, we just said you may want to start months or even a year ahead of time just putting away a little bit of money to pay for whatever extravagance you may have coming up. But what about the person who doesn't do that or they try, but then you could have things come up and they have to kind of dip into that holiday fund. So now they still want the big party, but they don't have enough cash on hand to do it. You're kind of left with credit cards. How do you keep people from charging everything on the credit card and then, you know, January 16th comes and they get the big bill and now they're in sticker shock? No, absolutely. I mean, ultimately, as we had reviewed, it's important to try to think about these things in, in advance. But if you haven't yet done that or you have find you found that it was you were too short on that, I think ultimately it's really important to try to give yourself a budget of what you can try to stick within your means. Whether that is, I'm going to be the coupon clipper or I'm going to find the best Black Friday sale that I can to still be able to give um, the gifts that I want to give. Because ultimately, you don't want to see that the consequences of the transactions you made in December are still haunting you months and months later to come. And that's what credit card debt can do to you is that you are paying for something that you opened on Christmas morning, but it's now July 26th and you still have the consequences that are coming. So I think it's important to try to live within your means, giving yourself a budget and really try to avoid those, you know, store credit card offers that can pop up to save so much money, you know, um, open up the store card to save 30% today, 30% in savings is nothing to 28% interest that will, that will pop up in January. I like the way you phrase that, like it will haunt you because it it does, especially if you can't pay off your entire bill within a month or maybe two, that is, that is haunting you. Susan, for you, how often do you see people come into your office that all of a sudden have like way too much debt and maybe they're having to talk about selling things or how to adjust their taxes so they can afford credit card bills? Often, um, especially with our individuals, because we we often forget, as Kenzie's indicated, you know, we've got to learn to live within our means. I used to often tell clients that they needed to act their wage. So that this behavior, because it's a behavioral thing, we spend money and it's behavioral So it's learning to live within our means to get that spending plan under control so that when unexpected things do come up, we have some options. One of our concerns is, you know, we're seeing a time of inflation. We we know that we're going to see interest rates go up to try to curb that inflation. And credit card interest rates are down a bit as to what we're used to. But we will see those 28, 30, 32 percent credit card rates go back up. So to what's been said that, you know, a hundred dollar item that you bought at 30 percent off and you're still paying for it in July, you didn't save anything at all. In fact, you probably paid more for it. 
So I do want to move on to what you can find in stores right now, because we do have this supply chain issue. And McKinsey, you actually kind of shadowed that just a little bit in the first segment. Right now, if people haven't heard, there are not enough people to unload the ships that because most of our stuff, no matter what it is, whether it's building equipment or retail items you get at Home Depot or those fun Christmas gifts in the toy stores, most of them come from overseas. And so they're all sitting on these big cargo ships and there isn't enough people to unload them. So they're just waiting in a dock. In fact, a friend of mine, it's been 15 months. She ordered a fireplace, a new fireplace for her house. She still hasn't received it. It was 15 months ago, lost somewhere on a ship. How is that affecting the prices of things that we want to buy? And how do you save up for that, which we didn't, I and mean, we didn't, nobody expected that. So how do you save up for all of a sudden, there isn't any, there isn't the things you may have wanted on the store shelves and what you do want costs more than what you originally thought you were going to spend. For me to, to speak to this, I think it, it goes back personally, I think to having a savings or an emergency savings, um, a reserve of some sort, similar to your example, my my brother and sister-in-law bought a, a house um, at the end of October and their washer and dryer were on back order and it's on back order till the beginning of December and they have a newborn approaching. Right? So they're going to need a washer and dryer. And luckily enough, they have family that lives close that they can go. But I mean, somebody who doesn't have access to that kind of a, you know, they're going to have laundry mat expenses. They're going to have these, these expenses that, that aren't because of the back order they wouldn't normally have had. So I think it's important to, to just us to step back and think, okay, like if, if any of this is going to, how is this going to impact me individually? And if, whether we are prepared for it or not, we need to start being prepared for sometimes the worst and that the best way to do that, in my opinion, is to have a, a reserve. So an emergency, you know, emergency cash that we utilize and, and that comes by, by following a spending plan. It's always back to that spending plan and behavior, Susan, that you <laughs> talk about a lot. What are you seeing in your line of work with the supply chain issues? What things have you encountered? It's prevalent everywhere. I mean, as I, t- as I talk with other CPAs and they're working with clients and businesses or even hearing from businesses um, to the washer and dryer example, they're sometimes six to 12 months out. I'm hearing that, you know, contractors, for example, when they land a job, they're having to order those materials, those windows, if you will. They're having to order those day one because they because you know we schedule and things cost more. And we certainly have seen the the cost of housing go up, but we're also seeing the cost of clothing go up and those toys go up for for our little ones. So I think on top of our spending plans, we also maybe need to sit down and think about what are our options. There's always those one or two things that our kids dearly and desperately want, but do we need to cut back a little bit due to costs or are there other activities that we can put into place for the holidays that will maybe create some different memories? Yeah, I think because Black Friday is traditionally the the day that most families will, they're waiting for those sales because they're going to get the new Xbox so that they'll buy it so it's under the tree for the holidays. But guess what? Those Xboxes are stuck somewhere on a cargo ship and they're not going to be available. So even if I ordered it on Black Friday, you might be lucky to get it by Easter. But then in the meantime, 
there isn't something for little Johnny to unwrap under the tree this year. I don't know. I guess those are more discussions you have to have with yourself and your partners. And I, I think even I think it's even okay to bring the kids into the discussion, kind of those different levels, because I think that it helps teach them. You know, we're giving them some real life examples as to what's going on in the economy, and it maybe gives them opportunity, depending upon where they are. You know, think you know what. I may need to have that reserve because something could be in short supply or if there's a, you know, if there's inflation or the economy turns or whatever, this is why it's really important that we have that little savings account. So we're seeing a lot of real live examples in our economy right now that give us teaching opportunities all up and down the age spectrum. I like that. I think that's a great idea because kids these days are so used to instant gratification because of their phones and the World Wide Web. Now, if mom and dad for several years, they've been used to, I asked for X, Y, or Z, and it always showed up under the tree. And now this year, it's like, you know, Santa is stuck at the North Pole and he can't get your gift to you this year. Is there something else you might want? You know, I think that there are things that families can maybe do instead. I mean, maybe they they do a service project or maybe we have a scavenger hunt around the neighborhood. Or I, I think that there are some different things that we can do that there's certainly no supply chain shortage of service projects. Let's put it that way. Or, you know, different things that we can do to just maybe bring the family together more. That's a great idea. Mackenzie, do you have any ideas that way that certainly that would probably cost a lot less money to begin with, to change up your habits more towards service? Absolutely. In fact, my brother over last Christmas season, he had taken his, his kids to the to the Utah Jazz game and they were just so shocked by all the, the homeless or those that were in need. And so he just mentioned to them, should we make some kits for the homeless? And so as a family, they, they grabbed some Ziploc bags and the kids went to the store and they, they picked out what they thought would be needful in, in, in these bags. And it was something that they took on as a project that then they went and distributed, distributed um, before the jazz game, the things that, that they once, you know, had to walk by and feel awkward about. And now they, they took it under their own wing and said, yeah, we can be of help. I think we don't give kids the credit or often think that they just, you know, don't care. Um, when in, when we have these conversations with them of what can we do to give back or what ways would you like to spend uh, Christmas together that doesn't cost a lot of money. One other example I'll give is I remember as a little girl, we went um, right before Christmas break to the library and we stockpiled at that, at that time VCRs. So that every day we had a new movie that we could introduce to the family and each sibling got to choose one. I mean, there are so many things that we can do to scale back, but that can still bring such fond memories, but they don't break the bank. Do need to take one more break. When we come back, I want to have Susan help us with some of these tax issues that could be affecting the businesses where we shop because of the supply chain. So we'll be right back with Susan Spears. She is the CEO of Utah Association of Certified Public Accountants and also McKinsey Walsh, a certified personal financial coach. 
Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about holiday spending and maybe how you can cut back a little bit as prices are just going through the roof on everything. And even if you could afford to buy something, you may have to wait a year or more to get it because of the supply chain issues. Today, I have joining me Mackenzie Walsh. She works for Fair Credit Foundation, and you're a personal financial coach. And I also have Susan Spears joining us. She's the CEO of UACPA. Susan, I do want to start with you on this segment about that supply chain. If you're the larger corporations can swallow some of this cost up a little bit better than the smaller companies. I personally, for my Christmas gifts, I like to go to my local mom and pop shop and see if there's something there that I enjoy and I like, and I can also support them. But if they are ordering items to put on their shelves and they pay ahead of time for that order, but it doesn't come in to them, not only are they... Did they pay out the money for the items themselves? Don't they have to pay taxes on this? And then how do they recoup those taxes if the the item isn't even there and there's nobody there to buy it? How does all that work? They are paying for the goods that they purchase. Even though they're still out on the water, they've probably been billed for those goods. So, you know, the goods are going to be coming in late, which there is a, I mean, there is a little bit of fear, especially if you're a small business person. Nobody's going to come in and buy them. You know, they come in, let's say in February. Well, nobody wants Elf on the Shelf in January or February, Right. you know, for example. So they're left holding that stock for another year. They're not going to pay tax on that because they didn't sell it. I mean, you're going to typically a business pays tax on the income, the net income. So sales, less expenses equals net income, let's say, just for ease they'll pay tax on the income i I fear that what we're going to see is um costs are more so they're not going to be bringing in the income that they would like to you know it's the same battle that we've been fighting even since covid began is we're not getting the people in the door now we're getting the people in the door but we don't have the stock so we're so we're really and we're really in a lot of ways hurting profits And smaller businesses don't have the ability to buy like larger businesses. So on top of that, they're paying more for that stock. So my concern is more losses on the businesses than how much they get to pay in income taxes. Kenzie, I know this isn't quite your forte on taxes and and goods, but are you talking to people that already are feeling the crunch, not just for holiday gifts, but for food? How are you counseling people to deal with the supply issues that we've got going on now, especially as we go into the holidays? I would say kind of two things to that. The first thing would be preparation. So I'm all about reading the ad, right? And making sure that you're buying things according to what's on sale. So certain times of the year, certain things are on sale because they're in season or because they're in stock, whatever it might be. I I recommend actually an application called Flip, F-L-I-P-P. It's a phone application, but you can actually access all the local grocers or even big big stores, you know, for Black Friday purposes, where you can have all of their ads in one place and you can actually create a shopping list um, from that same application. So it's called Flip. And the second thing is to be creative. 
if you can't find a pumpkin pie, you might just be making a pumpkin pie this year. You might need to call, you know, your grandma and say, grandma, I'm making my first pumpkin pie. What do, how do I do this? And you might be the only one eating that pumpkin pie because no one else likes it. You know, this is just the things that we're dealing with in this day and age right now. Um, but I think being prepared, but also having a backup plan and, and being creative that it's okay. If you don't end up having a pumpkin pie this year, you know, it's okay. You can do something different. Um, we have to be a, a adaptable. Do you see that too, Susan, that I would say people are burnt out about being adaptable because of the pandemic. We all had to like go home and then we couldn't see our, our friends and family. Now we can, but now it's too expensive. And so it just seems like these changes are coming really fast and furious at everybody at the moment. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, but I also do think that adaptable is going to be the name of the game for a long time to come. I mean, supply chain isn't going to end next week. COVID isn't going to end next week. I mean, we're, we're, having, we're having to learn and to navigate through some of this. And I think it's okay to go to grandma and say, hey, how do I make this pie? And I think it's okay if you totally mess up because you're, lear- you're learning something. And heavens, we may just all learn that we like to cook, you know, who knows? But I, I know that for me, um, I've been shocked at grocery prices so I have found myself, I mean, even for Thanksgiving dinner, I used to just go one big old shopping spree the weekend before, but um, I've kind of been just adding it into my regular shopping and it's maybe a little late to do that for Thanksgiving, but you know, we have Christmas right around the t- corner and we tend to have big meals, guests coming over, family or whatever. And maybe we do change the menu up instead of ham, maybe we do something different. Vegetarian, something- go veggie. There you go. You know, in our family, I kind of like every year, I kind of like to do a dinner, a Christmas dinner of another country, you know, to try something new. I I think this is just a time that we can be creative. One thing we haven't quite touched on with the holidays is a lot of people might be traveling. And I would think that by this point, most people have, especially if they're flying, they have their tickets even for Christmas. But a friend of mine was looking just a couple of weeks ago. She was a little late getting to the party. $2,000 per person to fly from Salt Lake City to Kentucky. And that was the cheapest. That was cheapest. And it was almost two months out. Wow. Yeah. These are things that if you are planning, because if people haven't traveled in the last 18 months and now they're fully vaccinated and they're feeling better about going to see somebody... If you haven't gotten your ticket now for the holidays, I, you, I think you're out of luck. You might be having another Zoom meal. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just insane prices totally everywhere. And like you said, Susan, I normally, when I go to the grocery store, about once every 10 days, I do three bags of groceries, pretty much the same thing. And in October... Like the first week, it was about $36 for my three bags. And I went back 10 days later and it was $92. And I bought the same things. Yeah. And that's kind of even seemingly on basic, basic goods. You know, I mean, I used to always tell, well, I still do. I tell my kids this, shop the outer ridge of the store. I mean, you're going to be cooking more, but you know, the less pre-prepared you can buy 
the more you're going to save. I mean, you, you know, maybe it's maybe it's time we start having cooking classes during our lunch breaks at work. I don't know. I think you bring up a good point as well in that we say be creative and we we know that and we've had to be that way and we've had to do this as well, but I think we have to get out of our comfort zone. You know, maybe it's not that we get the same fruit or veggie that we know we will always eat because it might be more expensive right now, but it's strawberry season or it's pomegranate season, you know, we're branching out and trying something different. I think that we might have to go out of our comfort zone of, I know where the canned yams are at Smith's, but I don't know where they are at this local grocery store, but maybe at that local grocery store, it's cheaper this week. You know, we might have to do things that are out of our norm And if COVID has taught us anything, we're actually getting a lot better at going out of the norm and going out of our comfort zone. We do need to wrap things up. Is there anything else either of you want to bring to the conversation about either saving for the holidays or not going into debt or being adaptable? Just to summarize it, be creative, make lists, stick within your means. I, I love what Susan said when she says, act your wage. That is very important. Very important for us to, to consider not really how, how can we have an enjoyable holiday season, but how can we also have an enjoyable summer? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's great. And, and I would also add, you know, there, there are a lot of things going on in our environment that we can't control. I would toss those aside and focus on the things that you can control. And there are a lot of things, even in our own personal finances, our money spending habits that we can control. We may just have to put a little more effort into what we're doing. Thank you so much to my guest today, Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA, and Mackenzie Walsh. She works for Fair Credit Foundation, and she's also a certified personal finance coach. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.